0: What's going on, everyone? And welcome into Plazont's podcast. It is that time of the year, the greatest time for sports. It's rivalry weekend right after Thanksgiving, right after Black Friday. We are so excited to get into everything that we've got today. We've got a lot of college football games, but first we're going to get into last night's news today. Then we're going to set you up with some beautiful Fuego Plazont Locks. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about the greatest college football rivalries that exist right now. So, to start, last night's news today. We had back-to-back nights of cold Pleasant takes. We said that Gonzaga was going to win, and they got bodied by Purdue by 18 points. We were 1-2 on Pleasant locks. We are kind of slowing down after our smoking hot start. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a good day today. Now, breaking the first part of our news is that the USA tied England. USA! 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 That's what we like to see. I thought that they played great. They had more corner kicks than England. I felt like we responded to England's pressure really well. And I also felt like we had a lot of good opportunities to win this game. You know, we didn't, but that's merely because I think that England is more talented than the United States. But we very much outplayed England, especially in the second half. So what does that mean for the United States? It means that when we play Iran in a couple of days, we have to win if we want to advance in this group stage. I think that that's very possible. England beat Iran 6-2. to uh, Iran did beat Wales 2-0, to but I don't think that the United States will fall to Iran. And if we can beat them that means that we have a good good chance of making some true noise in the world cup and that's all that america asked for was an opportunity so you better ride with your country they're a great team and we're going to see where they go so next up we've got Tulane they finally pulled off a signature win and they beat cincinnati barely just 27 to 24 but they finished the season 10 and 2 and they have a chance to win the AAC title and a good chance to win a bid for a New Year's 6 bowl. I think that's a really good opportunity for Tulane. I just wanted to give out a uh I just want to give out a shout out to uh Ty J. Spears. He finished the regular season with 1177 rushing yards on 6.2 yards per carry and had 14 touchdowns. That's a hell of a season for Tulane. I give them all the props. Speaking of all the props, Texas finished the season in proper fashion, like I said they should have. They beat Baylor 38-27, to and B. John Robinson had one hell of a game. Like I was saying about Tajay Spears, B. John Robinson finished the year with 1,580 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. That's a phenomenal year. If there weren't so many good quarterbacks, you'd be talking about this man for Heisman. Now look, like I said, this is what Texas was supposed to do, and I think that they're going to use this to take a leap into next year and advance from like 8-4 to having a good shot at winning a Big 12 championship. This is going to be a weak conference next year. Oklahoma is rebuilding. Oklahoma State is losing their quarterback. TCU is most likely losing their quarterback. And Kansas State, this is probably just a fluke year for them. I don't buy it. I do think that Texas can really make some noise right before they come into the SEC. Now we're gonna move into some college basketball and yesterday was wild. We have all of these different invitationals that are going on right now. So you have these weird random matchups I thought these were pretty notable. North Carolina was upset by Iowa State, seventy to sixty-five. I think that was probably the shock of the day yesterday. Uh, Iowa State played pretty hard, out-rebounded, out-assisted, and had less turnovers than North Carolina. Now, what does this mean in college basketball? I've been always thinking about: is there really such thing as a number one team in basketball? Not really. No, is North Carolina a top ten team? Absolutely. But are they the best team in college basketball? Not right now. I just think that in college basketball, the top 25 is just so fluid. There's no point of having these arguments about who the best team is. Um, Speaking of that, we had Tennessee beat Kansas. And this is just a prime example of what I was just talking about. Tennessee, they just lost to Colorado, who's unranked and is not that good of a basketball team. And Kansas just now beat Duke, a top 10 matchup. I just don't understand how... Tennessee was able to walk in and beat Kansas by 14 points yesterday. It all just is, goes to show that there's no such thing as like a true like big team that's too big to fail, like an Alabama or an uh, LSU or something like that playing against a non-conference game in football. This, to me, is just what makes college basketball so entertaining and watchable. It's just because it's so competitive. So speaking of competitive... UConn absolutely handled Alabama yesterday in college basketball. Now this to me was a typical Naos Alabama loss. Alabama had 21 turnovers and they got outscored 26-14 with seven minutes left to go in the second half. The score ended up being 82-67. to Alabama was really not competitive throughout the second half of the second half. I don't think that this Alabama team could compete with other uh, power teams, like a North Carolina and a Duke and a Kansas, I do think that they are a top three team in the SEC, and they could have a really good season. So, uh, you know, I, my hopes are up for Alabama, and UConn looks like a really good team. A lot of size and three-point shooting, as well as ball movement, and lack of turnovers. UConn might be a really good complete team. We'll have to wait and see uh, where they end up in the standings. And last but not least for our college basketball coverage, we had Purdue smoking Gonzaga. Now, I apologize for my prediction yesterday. I forgot that Gonzaga does not respond well to physicality or size. Purdue center Zach Eadie put up an absolute monstrous stat line. He had 23.7 rebounds and three blocks on 10 of 16 shooting. And the Zags were out-rebounded 46 to 31 overall. Look, Gonzaga, they're a really good finesse team. They have some, they have some decent size, like Drew Timmy, but he's nothing compared to like a Zach Eady, who sits at like 73 and it's an absolute monster on the court. I think Gonzaga has problems playing Big Ten teams, SEC teams, just teams that like to get physical with you, and they're not finesse. Now, when you when Gonzaga plays Xavier and Marquette and stuff like that, yeah, they're gonna blow their doors off. But just like you know the past five, six tournaments, Gonzaga is gonna struggle whenever it comes time to play a physical team and now for the greatest part of my show i love it i adore it this is all that i think about all day long it's pleasant locks now we're going to be shrinking the load today we were going from three games to two games but this is for maximum optimization you can't get mad at me we're 12 and 6 on the year we're still making money, that's what you like to see. Let's get after it. To start, TCU minus 10 versus Iowa State. Iowa State's offense is one of the worst in the Big 12. They've lost a lot of close matchups recently, and they're not really playing for anything anymore. Okay, They're four and seven, they're not going to a bowl game. They just lost a heartbreaker to Texas Tech. I don't buy this Iowa State team is going to walk into TCU and do anything remotely close to playing a competitive game. I think that Max Duggan has a Heisman chance here. I think today might be his staple game to punch his ticket to get to New York. TCU's outscoring teams at home by 19 and a half points. I think this is an absolute lock. This is a very overmatched Iowa State team. I just don't see how they're going to be able to be competitive, especially when TCU comes out and scores like three touchdowns in the first half. And our second and last pick for today is going to be Tennessee minus 14 versus Vanderbilt. Now, I'm hedging here. I think that this Vanderbilt team is in for a slaughter. Yes, Tennessee's season is over. Yes, Hannon Hooker is out for the year. But Vanderbilt is trash. They have always been trash. They are not an SEC school. They gave everything that they had, and I mean everything to beat a six-win Kentucky team and a six-win Florida team. This is not a Vanderbilt team who has somehow put this together. I don't buy them at all. Josh Heupel had Vanderbilt's number last year. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt 45-21. to That wasn't even the Tennessee team from last year. This Tennessee team is much better, much improved. Way better wide receivers. Phenomenal running game, and I think this is a good chance for Tennessee's young players to really get after it and show these Vanderbilt Commodores where they belong in the SEC. Put those men in their place. They are not an SEC football school. Tennessee minus 14. Hammer it. Blizzone is not responsible for losing locks. Please gamble responsibly. All right, and to wrap up our show today, we are going to talk about the top five college football rivalries. Now, I'd like to start this with an honorable mention. We actually just watched this game play out, and it was a phenomenal game if you got to tune in on Thanksgiving Day, and that's the Egg Bowl. Okay? This is an always entertaining game. It's a staple of Thanksgiving. There's a lot of good teams on both sides but usually they're not playing for much, and that's why I had to keep them out of the top five. But I do like to give a shout-out. There's plenty of offensive masterminds that have been in this game, like Lane Kiffin and Dan Mullen. And, of course, how could I ever forget Mike Leach, the owner of the Air Raid offense. I think this game is always either a shootout or a defensive slugfest. It's always really fun to watch because it's always like muggy and misty and foggy. In the middle of Mississippi, just two dog teams duking it out for nothing but a big egg. Love to see it. Egg Bowl, honorable mention. Now we're going to roll right into number five, and that's going to be USC versus Notre Dame. Look, this this is honestly one of my personal favorites. That's why I've got it up here. Might not be a top five to most people, but there's just so many staple games that I can think of with the USC-Notre Dame uh, rivalry. They've got two amazing history programs, classic jerseys, tons of great players on both sides, and it makes for phenomenal games. I think today, USC and Notre Dame's game, there's a lot on the line. I think Notre Dame is finally playing like they're supposed to under Marcus Williams, their new head coach. I think that USC is playing out of their minds in their first season with Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams is looking like the best quarterback in football, even though he's only a sophomore. Like I said, this is just one of the best rivalries. When both teams are good, you really want to watch this game. I'll be sure to tune in. And next up, we kind of have uh, a me- a meaningless game, but a very fun game and a very memorable game. And that's the Army versus Navy game. This is one of the most entertaining, meaningless games that you could think of. Look, country pride is on the line. And to be honest, that that's all that matters. Army hates Navy, Navy hates Army. They both have two stupid offenses and bad defenses. But why would you not want to watch this game? It's always on CBS, the most watched television network in the country. It's easy to me to see why everyone loves this rivalry. There's just so many men in uniform. There's giant jets flying across the field. There's the stupid triple option from Navy that's so outdated, but somehow it works sometimes. I personally love this game. That's why I've got it at number four. Number three, we've got the Red River rivalry. Now come on, Texas versus Oklahoma, the battle in the Red River, you love to see it. State pride on the line, a lot of high scoring, bad blood. And this is what is important to me. In this game, it not, might not be at the end of the season, but there's always a Big 12 championship on the line, in my opinion. I mean, even Texas this year, who's kind of out of contention, still has a chance thanks to them absolutely blowing the doors off of Oklahoma this year. I think that this game is so fun to watch. I've especially enjoyed the last few years with like Sam Ellinger and Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield duking it out in this – literally divided stadium, half Texas, half Oklahoma, almost every single time. To me, this is a phenomenal place to watch football in the middle of the season, and that's why I've got them at number three. Now, number two is probably number one in a lot of people's hearts, but since I'm from the South, we're going to go ahead and give number two to Michigan versus Ohio State. Now, this is probably the best rivalry in terms of competition. When you think of Michigan versus Ohio State, you are thinking of two top ten teams always duking it out. Just like this year. Now, Ohio State has dominated this rivalry for the past 10 years, but Michigan finally looks competitive again, and that's what makes this rivalry so fun. I think that there's always a Big Ten championship on the line, especially over the last five to 10 years. I very much enjoy watching Michigan try to pull off an upset. Last year was phenomenal. I think that they might have Ohio State's number this year, but... You just never know. And that's why the game is always worth watching. It's always on ABC or ESPN. It's always the frontliner game. I'm pretty sure that's where College Game Day is today. So that's just, it's great to see such large universities have such impactful games because you have massive fan bases and massive viewership. It's just good for the sport. That's why I put Michigan versus Ohio State at two. Now, number one. The most surprising, unbelievable college football rivalry in the country. It's the Iron Bowl. And I'm not sure if there's that much debate. There are just so many great games in this storied rivalry. Alabama-Auburn, for a large portion of the 2010s, the winner of the Iron Bowl would go to the national championship game. I'm pretty sure it was like eight of nine years to start the 2010s. You had Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Alabama. You love to see that, especially as a person from the South. And for me, you especially love to see it because I'm a great Alabama fan. Phenomenal. Die hard. Look, I do have to give Auburn their props, though. They have so many great wins. Let's just talk about a few over the last, like, 12 years You've got the drive from Alabama in 2009 to punch their ticket back to the national championship, their first one in 19 years. Then you had Auburn the very next year with the comeback, Cam Newton outscoring Alabama 28-3 to edge out and beat Alabama 28-27. What a phenomenal game, and I'm saying that as an Alabama fan. Next, you've got the most infamous play in college football history, the kick six. I think every single college football fan in this country has seen the kick six at least once in their life. Now, as an Alabama fan, I see it once a month at least, if not once a day once the rivalry gets close. I very much enjoy watching the kick six just because it's just such a phenomenal play. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we let one go when we have six national championships. How about that, Auburn? Roll Tide. But anyways, I mean, even even recently when Auburn hasn't been as competitive, last season there was a four-overtime game in Jordan-Hare. You can't deny the electricity, the competition, regardless of what's on the line. That's why I'm looking forward to the Iron Bowl today. This is the best team in the country over the last 15 years playing their absolute arch nemesis, and that's what I like to see in a college football rivalry. A little pesky little brother trying to stick it to big brother, that's what college football is about. And to, and with that being said, we're going to end that segment and wrap up this show, and we're going to go watch some college football. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.